Well, welcome back to the SBK betting podcast where normal service resumes. The family is back. We're reunited after just a brief hiatus, which left Tom and James in charge to preview the Dublin Racing Festival and stand down from last weekend. And what a weekend it was, sparkling performances with it all just being about one team in particular, the Willie Mullins team over in Ireland and over in, in England, the Gary Moore team as well. But it was the Dublin Racing Festival that left essentially all the British trainers waking in their boots as the Irish just look so strong uh, looking towards the Cheltenham Festival, which is creeping ever so closely. And the podcast last week, we were pleased that Tom and James both tipped up Blue Lord at six to four, and he has tested his article credentials. It wasn't easy or plain sailing, but the nap came in for Tom as well. We'll get cracking into this weekend's action. Newbury hosts the Betfair Hurdle. Um, the Super Saturday, they like to call it, is always a good one. And over the years gone by, they've been succumbed to weather failings and cancellations. And last year, it was actually postponed to the week later. This year, it looks like we've got some fair weather here, good soft ground, nice, decent card. Uh, we'll get into the Betfair hurdle, um, but we'll start with the Game Spirit Chase at three o'clock. This race has always been a, a real indicator to the champion chase in years gone by. Altior won this on three occasions. Um, and this year we've got sort of what we like to hope bar uh, Shishkin, the best of the British, uh, perhaps for the champion chase. We've got Sir Royale in there at 72 with Hitman at joint 72 joint favourites, Venable Savola for the Venetia Williams team at four to one, Editor to Geet at six to one, and Sky Pirate at seven to one. I say the best of the British with a slight reservation because I don't feel this is a race of enormous amount of strength. Or is there a potential threat to the champion chase betting in this race? I'll come to you, James Millman first. Yeah, I think no threats for the champion chase, but uh a fascinating race in its own right because all four that we got left have certainly ones you could give a chance to. Sir Royale, the old boy, he sets a standard. He's 10 year old now, taking on six, seven year olds. He's got the six pound penalty as well. Could he be a little bit vulnerable? He's been over hurdles this campaign. Started off well, good effort in the fight in fifth. A little bit disappointing at Cheltenham last time. I'm going to go elsewhere. I think Hitman has had a good season, really. A second in both his targets. The Holden Gold Cup, Eldorado Allen outstayed him, I thought, um, up the hill at, at Exeter. Then behind Grenatine, he got the one-two for Paul Nichols. He ran well in a Tingle Creek. It was a solid run. He's worth that marker 160, getting six pounds. I think he's definitely the one to be with. I like Fernando Savola. You mentioned Venetia Chai Deutscher. Absolutely flying at the moment. I loved his Peter a second, even though he won last time. I thought it was hard work behind the big bite. And I put him up at Cheltenham on New Year's Day, and he disappointed me a little bit on that occasion. So I don't know if he's built on that form of his return the second as, as much as I expected him to. So for that reason, Hitman is, is the confident choice. Yeah, well, Paul Nichols bypassed the SBK Clarence House chase in favour of this in order to avoid the lead protagonists in the in the champion chase in Enigamina and Shishkin, and that was for a reason. Um, he's a, he's done this, Ross, I'll come to you now, to avoid these horses, but he's still got Sorrel, last year's winner, uh, returning to, to fences for the first time this season. But I personally like they are the, the two horses that are stepping into greater company editor de Geet and Vulnerable Savola they could be they sort of could be anything horses they're taking the the, the route that their their trainers like to do step by step 
do you see that hitman you know coming into this it is the class app but it's not as straight a task as paul nichols might have might have, have envisaged i don't see hitman as the class act at all actually he's a horse a big strong strapping chase it's sort of horse i love and i've never warmed him and i have him slightly as tripless i don't think he's got enough stamina for two and a half and i don't think he's a genuinely quick enough horse at two miles um so this goodish ground at Newbury, um, I thought it was the, the stiff nature of the track and the soft ground at Sandon that got him as close as he did. And I don't think that race, the Tingle Creek, stands up to scrutiny. Um, Funen de Sfola is, is interesting, but he has his form hasn't gone on, as James said, from his, from his very first run. Um, and if you used mid, uh, before midnight as a sort of form line, um, he beat him a length, giving him four pounds. Sky Pirate was beaten four and a half lengths, but was conceding 15 pound. So, you know, there's only a couple of pound between them at the prices. I, I, I sort of got tempted into talking about Sky Pirate, but I, I just can't convince myself that they're not thinking about the Grand Annual at Cheltenham and maybe they wouldn't mind being beaten a couple of lengths here and coming down a couple of pound. So for me, the class horse in the race is so royal. Um, I don't think any of these are going to trouble the the judge for the champion chase this year, but I think Sarah was very unlucky last year in a admittedly weak Queen Mother um, champion chase. He got hampered at third last. He he suffered no luck in running and was probably unlucky not to go very close. Um, he's been freshened up by a break. He'll like this good ground. Um, I think if Funambo Savola can 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 beat him, I think he is a a more progressive horse, and I have him down for so not hugely confident. But for me, it was so royal. Yeah, as you say, I thought it was really crucial that they have freshened him up, that that was the excuse for why he he performed so poorly last time out at Cheltenham, because everything was seemingly in his favour. The ground was at, 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 at its best for him, and they couldn't really explain the poor performance. So freshened up, back of offences. He's an admirable sort. He loves both obstacles. And he had that interesting clash with Champ last year. And look, as you say, Hitman can be a bit wayward. Tom... Thoughts on this, as we say, Hitman, couple of questions to answer. Sorrel, he's just this likeable terrier of a, of a horse that had quite an interesting battle with Champ last year. Where are you falling down here? Yeah, it's an interesting race, extremely trappy race, and that's reflected in the market. Normally in a four-runner race, you've got a pretty strong favourite, but we don't in this contest. Um, I think there's holes in Hitman's form as well. Uh, I'm in Ross's camp there. Look, he's only won twice for Paul Nichols, once at one to seven in an egg and spoon race. The other time, he won by 30 lengths, but only two horses finished. Yeah, he finished second in the Tingle Creek, but Shaq and Porsoir and Nube Negra didn't run it to their best. So it's hard to take that form literally as well. I prefer Sir Royale as well. I think he's a solid horse in the race. He's been to Newbury on two occasions, both times in this race. Finished second to Altior. He beat Champ, uh, recorded an RPR of 168 on both occasions. If he gets close to 168, he will win this, uh, win this event. And I love that he's been freshened up. Before that race at Cheltenham, he looked like he was right back to his best this year. Um, yes, at Cheltenham he disappointed, but he still travelled for a long, a long way in that race before just uh, flattening out. So I think if if So Royale, the actual true So Royale, turns up, he'll win this race. Okay, well, a couple of pretty confident selections for So Royale. I'm going to go with the Venetia Williams train Fenable Savola to keep their great train rolling. Just week after week, they seem to be keeping their horses at the, at the same level they have been. And Charlie Deutsch has just been riding magnificently. My 
disagreement with the guys is that I do think that they were getting his trip wrong at the beginning of the season, two and a half miles, just quite extended him. And over two, over just over two miles at Doncaster last time, that seemed to get the best out of him. And I do think that run at Aintree behind Shishkin was very, very eye-catching. Um, and I think that that this is a this is a, a nice move. They ha- obviously have the Grand Annual in their sights as well, um, and they're they're giving this a go. Perhaps if if he does run uh, his race, the Champion Chase will be the race that they that they attempt in Venetia Williams, fresh after Grade One successor first in in twenty years last year. So that team, as I say, in in brilliant order. Um, we'll head into the Betfair hurdle, the main race at Newbury on Saturday at three thirty-five. One hundred and fifty-five thousand pounds on the table, but only fourteen runners. And look. This race has been for so many years, decades upon decades, a race for the ages. We've had some spectacular results, great, great horses, the likes um, that have gone on to run in, you know, such as Supreme Novice Hurdles and and the likes. It is such a prestigious race. It's been a good guide for Cheltenham. Why there are so few runners has been a big talking point, um, especially as it's, it seems to be a, as a good guide for novices going into handicap company for the first time. And novices are essentially um, dominating the betting market. JPR1 is the 11-2 favourite. Broomfield Berg at 6-1. to Nappis Hill 7-1. to Last year's winner, Soaring Glory at 15-2. Boots Hill 9-1. 50 ball who was placed in this race last year 10 to 1 with Tritonic at 10s and it's 11 to 1 Jetoile and bigger the rest it's always been a tough race for horses giving weight away so these lightly race novices have always been a big interest um so Tom thoughts on this race first of all the fact that there is such a, a small amount of runners has been a bit of a disappointment. Not one Irish contender, Willie Mullins, has obviously elected to choose uh, the, the more competitive nature. He found the handicap last weekend at, uh, at Leperstown. Um, but it's still got a good quality to it, regardless. Yeah, it's good quality. It's a, it's a wide open betting heat. And yes, Willie Mullins doesn't have any runners over here, but he doesn't really need to test the waters. He knows his, his handicappers are probably better treated than ours. Um, so he doesn't need to send one over. I still think this is a good race, though. Um, as you mentioned, it's really hard to win off, off top weight. And Soren Glory, who won this race last year off a ridiculously lenient mark, 133, tries to do it off 14 pounds higher. I think he'd be bang there at the finish, but he's not my selection. JPR1 was the last horse off my shortlist. I know plenty of people fancy him and he's probably well handicapped. Um, but the horse I'm going to go for is Boot Hill. Now, this may be a heart leading head decision because at the start of the season, I thought he was going to be one of the most promising and exciting novice hurdlers um, in, in the country. But he's kind of disappointed so far this term. He ran over hurdles, finished third behind Soaring Glory. Looked like he was going to win that race, actually. Um, but then he, he kind of just flattened out. Now, Harry Fry said he was only 75% fit that day, which is a plausible excuse um, he had a long layoff before that. And then over fences last time, he just didn't run his race. Now I'm thinking back to hurdles, maybe we'll see a, a different boot hill. And off a mark of 135, he could be this year's soaring glory. Last year over hurdles, that first start over uh, in a novice hurdle was extremely impressive. Like he looked a proper graded horse in the making. So around, I think, nine to one in this race, I'd rather take him as opposed to JPR1. And they've both got similar upsides, in my opinion. So boot hill for me, Jess. Yeah, nine to one is a, a good price. I did think eleven to two 
currently was pretty skinny and I know that there are shorter prices outside of that so SBK is actually providing a better value for JPR1 at the moment he was as big as 12 to 1 I think when the weights came out I think there's a lot of hype around this horse he obviously he's made a very good start to his novice hurdle campaign the likes of Boot Hill has got patches of form um, but you can sort of forgive him for being in and out and Harry Fry you know attempting him over fences which just didn't go as well um so an interesting selection in in boot hill here who's got the tongue strap on for the first time as well and sean bowen is on board with a nice weight advantage looking through the field james do you think that there's something here with even slightly better weight on their back because that's for me what you're always looking for who's the best handicapped novice in this field yeah best handicapped novice is interesting i'm going to go for the kalashnikov route and de 12 for, for ryan potter and, and lorcan williams because like Kalashnikov, trained by a slightly unfashionable trainer and the fact that they're a little bit unknown. Amy Murphy was more known for her flat exploits. Ryan Potter, I think it's his first full season with a licence, a lot of success in the pointing sphere. And this horse won a couple of hurdles at Chepstow and Leicester and then finished second in the Tollworth, just like Kalashnikov did uh, behind your Supreme slash Ballymore Hope, Constitution Hill uh, for Cheltenham. He was outclassed. Uh, no disgrace in that. Handicap mark went at £8. I think one three three is still a pretty nice mark. And because Ryan Potter's not a household name, uh, he surely can get a job done, especially landing a gamble. Very shrewd operation. I like his form. He's a front runner. And sometimes in these big handicap hurdles, there's not actually that much pace on. And, and again, that might be the case here. I just thought he was a well-treated individual. 11 to 1 currently of SBK. He's a nice each way price in this contest. And I think he won't be too far away. Yeah, look, I completely agree. The, the novice form will be tested here. It's essentially Constitution Hill versus John Bond. Jatwell put was put firmly in his place by Constitution Hill and Nappers Hill, who was third to John Bond at Ascot. They're opposing, but their price differentiate differentiation is massive. We've got Nappers Hill at seven to one, Jatwell at eleven to one, but Constitution Hill's the better horse. So clearly, the value is with Jatwell. So but he is I'm, going for the buy more. I don't need to Jess. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'm totally, I'm totally in your camp. I think it's, I think Jatwell's been overlooked, and I think they were delighted with the run. And considering that ground got very, very testing as well um, at Sandown um, that day too. So Jatwell at eleven to one right now, I can see him actually getting a little shorter than that. But I think these prices might change a lot um, up until Saturday. Um, they'll be, they'll, I think they'll realise. I think, and I, I'll come to Ross next. That eleven to two about JPR one all you know all respect to him is too short in comparison to essentially what some of the rest of these horses have done in top class graded company yeah I, th I think the market sort of because this race has such a good record for novices i think the novices and, and perhaps the the talented novices get slightly shorter than they should be in the market um i fully respect your 12 for, for ryan potter um who, who was a point-to-point -point trainer in my old stomping ground. Um, they call him the Herefordshire Gavin Cromwell, a farrier that's turning trainer. And he's very, very astute. You know, he might be small in numbers, but he's he's a smart guy. He knows how to train. I just thought he might prefer softer ground. So I actually came down on, on two that I'd take against the field. Uh, 50 Ball, who was second in this last year, has gone chasing and it hasn't really worked out. Although his first run behind Manella Trump and... Uh, Marla's style wasn't all that bad. It's been regressive since. But crucially, he's now back over hurdles. He's reunited with Josh Moore, who rode him last year. Um, 
we mentioned last week um, that uh, shall we have one more hadn't gone that well for Jamie Moore and went very well for Josh last week because see that happening again he's 14 pound better off with soaring glory for a three length beating you know he has got to put it back together over hurdles but I thought at 10 to 1 he was an interesting price and then the other one at, at 25 to 1 and I can't quite figure out why this price is Tom Lacey's glory uh, and fortune um, he bolted up in the Welsh champion hurdle off a nine pound lower mark but he was then a very credible sixth in the uh, Greatwood at Cheltenham uh, where he didn't get a clear passage and stayed on um, he was a length behind Tritonic and he's now three pound better off with him and Tritonic is half the price um, and then finished in front of Soaring Glory in the Christmas hurdle which was a bit of a nothing race behind Epiton I admit but whilst I understand that Soaring Glory would perhaps be better served by a bigger field and a stronger pace I don't think that necessarily doesn't apply to Glory and Fortune as well um, so 25 to 1 I thought he was way overpriced and I'd expect him to be there or thereabouts yeah two horses that both ran in this race last year Gloria and Fortune I think was down the field in this race but I think he's actually developing into a better horse and is, is, is really getting the hang of things and as you say that run in the Christmas hurdle really it was it was really out, outdid his odds um, and I think that Tom Lacey's just had a, a bit of an in and out season um, but this is one of his better horses and that this prize is probably reflected on on, on the, the the time that they've had. He is 25 to one, um, always a wide open contest. Soaring Glory was uh, was backed in last year and and, and came and it, it all came good. But he's not just quite been the horse that they wanted him to be this year, but off that big weight, it's gonna be it's gonna be very tricky. Um, but we've got some good prices here. Jatoel, 11 to one for myself and for James. Glory and Fortune, 25 to one for Ross and 50 ball at 10 to one and Boot Hill for Tom at nine to one. And the Betfair hurdle is the Tote Gold Trophy, the Schweppes, as has been known, has always been a good guide. Last year, it was a very good race um, in the fact that Edward Stone, who was third in it, has turned into a high-class novice chaser. And that is the one, that is the key horse we're going to talk about now as he will be running at Warwick in the Kingmaker Novices Chase uh, at 2.05. He's five to four favourite currently. He's got third time lucky in behind him at 15 to eight. We've got Brave Siaska at five to one and for pleasure at 11 to one. Tom, I'll, I'll come to you first on it because this is where third time lucky went out very bravely and boldly under Harry, Harry, um, Harry Skelton and it took a lot out of him. And Edward Stone, yes, he beat him fair and square, but I'd say if Harry Skelton had it run again, he would do it slightly differently. And he, he essentially proved the, himself to be the horse he was when he ran and won last time out tactically this is going to be really interesting so how do we feel that Harry Skelton might play this out looking at what Tom Cannon might do aboard Edward Stone well, I'm a big fan of third time lucky um I've said it on many occasions when he's run in, in previews um but he's very headstrong now Harry Skelton might be helped in this race because for pleasure and brave Siaska will also want to go forward so Harry might be able to rein third time lucky back in behind those two front runners and get the perfect sit with Edward Stone in last. That's how I kind of envisaged it planning out. Now, the issue is if third time lucky actually wants to go forward and Harry can't control him, then there'll be three horses on the front end and Edward Stone, which just makes Edward Stone a fantastic bet in this race, given the probability of that happening. Um, just a last thing on third time lucky that I think we should touch on. Many times Dan Skelton has said this horse is best when fresh. Why does he keep running him without gaps? I don't understand it. You've got to just 
go from his last race straight to the arc it makes no sense in my opinion i thought he would have had a good each way um, chance in the arc but not with this run under his belt anyway but to get on to edward stone he's the most likely winner of this race no doubt he's always been extremely talented um he finished second to chantry house in a bumper only beating three lengths then he beat fiddle on the roof over hurdles and now he's four he should be four from four over fences unfortunately got brought down uh, when, when for pleasure fell at Warwick. But he proved that the, the track at Warwick and, and the, the fences, the stiff fences, weren't a problem because he went straight back to Warwick and won again. I just think he's the best horse in, in this race. The likely setup just makes his chance even better. Um, and what price did you say it was? Six to four? Oh, that's a phenomenal bet. Five to four, I'm afraid. Still a phenomenal still, bet. Still a phenomenal still, bet. <laughs> still not too bad. And yeah, I agree. I read the quote about third time lucky. He had a little bit of an overreach. That's what uh, Harry um, Dan Skelton had said. Um, they said it's nothing bad, but they'll see how it is. And they weren't that concerned about definitely going to Cheltenham or not. Um, and said that if they go to Aintree, then that's fine. I assume there's been no issue with that overreach and that that's why he's coming back. But I wouldn't be surprised if they might opt to avoid Cheltenham this year uh, with third time lucky. His best performance this season has come at Cheltenham. Like, I don't know why you'd avoid that. And also, like, it's been said so many times, this horse is best when fresh. Charlie Post, who broke this horse in, best when fresh. Dan Skelton, best when fresh. Stop running him. Like, give him a gap. And then, like, target him at the main race, which is the Arkle. Like, I, I can't fancy him going towards Cheltenham after this run, even if he wins. Somebody's backed him, anti Post. <laughs> I have, I have. I backed him. Sorry, say that again. I backed him anti-post after you won at Cheltenham earlier <laughs> in the year. Um, and I know it could be pocket talking, but I still think it's like, I'm not a trainer, don't get me wrong. And Dan probably knows more than me. But if you're going to consistently fire out these best when fresh, keep him fresh, no? James is laughing. I feel like he's got some thoughts on this from a trainer's uh, perspective. Where do you see it? Uh, he makes a good point that they have, they've said he's best fresh, um, but it might well be that inkling they're, they're going to miss Cheltenham completely. Um, which definitely won't do Tom's anti-post bet much good. But uh, I like Edward Stone. He is uh, the actual British horse I think will do well in the novice chases at the festival because he was a keen-going hurdler. He was always a bit too keen for his own good, even in the big field handicaps, but he was always there thereabouts. He was fifth at Cheltenham, third at Aintree. He mentioned third in the bet fair. Um, but he's just excelled going chasing. He jumps particularly well. He settles better as well. I think he respects the bigger obstacles a little bit more. And I've been impressed with each out in so far and uh, at Sandown yes the race on his lap Harry was too forceful on third time lucky and they changed that tactic at Doncaster actually they rode him more conservatively in behind for pleasure and it did seem to help you'd imagine for pleasure will go on in front again like he, he normally does I just hope he, he, he gets a clear round because he obviously brought down Edward Stone um, at Warwick at the start of the year but it's an interesting race um, I know Ray Cheska's got to be considered Tom said he's a front runner and yes, he can make the running, but I think that um, Gavin Sheehan will be perfectly happy to sit off a strong pace if there is one. Um, I think he's quite uncomplicated. I remember when he beat Interconnected at Huntington over hurdles, he, he stayed on really strongly to the line. Um, so I don't think he has to front run. He's actually the danger for me to Edward Stone. Um, I'm not a massive third time lucky fan, but I am an Edward Stone fan. And I think if you can get odds um, against five to four currently of SBK, I think that's a cracking mess. Ross, your thoughts on this? Are you in the Edward Stone camp? And, and what are your thoughts on what the guys have said about third time lucky and, and, and what the skeletons should be should be uh, planning with him? I, th I think the fact they're running tells you they're still not happy with his jumping and they want 
they want match practice and I think they're right to be worried about his jumping I think he's to me he doesn't jump he throws himself at defense a lot of time he was much better last time at Doncaster when Harry rode him with far more sense for my mind and and, and got him to settle and he quickened up and looked like a smart horse um but he, he still worries with his jumping Edward Stone is a super horse and you have to say it's to his testament his first try of offenses last season he jumped poorly and unseated had a horrible time they went back over hurdles then first time this year got brought down plenty of horses would say they didn't fancy fences after that and he's not he's got better and better so I've got a huge amount of time for him and you know if you look at Cheltenham through a UK versus Ireland prison which I, I don't really I just like to see nice horses run big races but if you're a team UK you want to see Edward Stone win this and win it by a big margin because it would then look like we have a genuine chance of winning a well a, a novice race and a novice chase because we don't look to have a huge many um but I just thought at the prices Brave Shaska he's got a bit to do but he gets five pound and he hasn't yet been afforded the sort of race to run a figure that's third time lucky in Edwardstone have. Um, and I could just see him sitting off for pleasure. Gavin Shields ridden him twice. There's, there's no issue there with him stepping in for Charlie Deutsch. And if Tom Cannon and Harry Skelton got into a bit of a cat and mouse, sort of just minding each other a bit too much, I just thought there was a chance that Brave Shaska could get loose turning in. And I think he's a tough, strong stayer at the trip. And could just take a bit of passing um so again not not a hugely confident pick but just at the prices i thought five to one about a horse who hasn't got a huge amount to find and is progressive and still improving was was enough to tempt me yeah gavin sheehan obviously knows the horse as well which is of help was charlie deutsch's over at newbury so back on board no issue there um that weight weight pull is quite as is, is something to note as well but the Interesting affair, very trappy. I am totally with uh, with James and the fact that we want to see, um, and, and yourself, Ross, and Tom, we want to see a, a horse of, of of this nature of Edward Stone win and win well um, in uh, and sort of as a, as a retaliation from last weekend. And the fact that, look, the Blue Lord, the favourite for the Arkle currently, definitely needs to improve on his jumping to win an Arkle, whereas Edward Stone looks like he's just getting better and better um as he as he races um so the best of luck to, to their team and what is a, a very uh, good looking king making obviously chase i'll be at a small enough field but brace yaska is at five to one five to four currently for edwardstone is the value as uh, tom collins says so um we will look forward to that at 205 the final race that we're going to look at is a more competitive betting uh, um, affair at Warwick and that's the 315 the Warwick Castle handicap chase James Dinny Lacey talk to me about this horse because I was trying to have a look think always like to see an Irish horse coming over Robbie Power is an eye catcher as well uh, he's 11 to 1 at present what do we know about him not a great deal to be fair but I felt the fact that he was coming over here Robbie Power was come over Yossin rides for Rob Corley owners. He was well backed, five to one favorite for the Munster National at Limerick back in October. He disappointed on that occasion. They put blinkers on him last time back at Limerick over the Christmas period. He ran an absolute cracker and he got beaten a couple lengths by Spyglass Hill. And we say it time and time again, generally your Irish stand handicaps are probably more competitive than the British versions. Uh, he's the only raider. Nothing particularly stood out for me amongst the, the British raiders, to be honest. Our favourites, uh, the Philip Hobbs horse, you've got a question mark 
Haydock, heavy ground form over hurdles, switching defences. I would just like to see him repeated elsewhere. He's up £15 for two wins. He may well be a, a well-treated individual, but I, I wouldn't see him do it away from Haydock, which can be a bit of a course specialist track in the heavy ground conditions. So for me, give a chance to Denny Lacey. The connections are thrown the dice by coming over here. Robbie Powers getting on the plane. Uh, I just thought if he repeats his strongest Irish form, even though he's now six pound higher in the UK, I thought he could be well treated. So in a race, I've not got a strong opinion for the fact that Lacey comes over. I think it's pretty significant and that's my choice here. We'll see how they get on. Um, but uh, fair play to them for coming on, taking our horses on. Um, I can't understand why our power isn't a lot shorter here. His form is rock solid all season, while his uncharacteristic fall two starts ago. Um, his form ahead of another horse in Jackmar is good. Um, he meets that horse worse off in the weights, but I do think he's approving. He's he's seven to one here. I thought there was a bit of value around. Um, and Tom, thoughts on this as well? Our power for me, that's where I'm, I'm leading, but I, I don't have that massively strong view. And I think that's reflecting the betting with a few of these horses, a, a small point difference between them. Yeah, I can see the case for our power. He's definitely improved since he's joined Sam Thomas this year, two out of four for his new trainer. Um, he's got a great chance in this race. He was on my shortlist, but uh, I came down on one at a bigger price, which is the King of May for Brian Ellison. who was six from 25 in the last two weeks. I told James I'd bring up a stat and there, there is one. Um, the, the King of May, there's a big negative here, and that is that he's a hold-up merchant. Um, so he's going to need them to go pretty hard early, maybe a pace collapse um, or something similar. He's also going to need luck in running as well, rounding that bend at Warwick. But he's an accurate jumper. He's got a really good acceleration, turn of foot. He's pacey as well. And over his, on his, just his second try over two and a half miles last time out at Sedgefield, he romped home. Like he looked a different horse stepping up in trip. Now at 11 to one, I think you're getting a decent price here about a horse that's got a low weight on his back and is improving. So uh, the king of May for me. Ross, you love these races. You love finding a horse at even bigger prices. So what have you found? Yeah, I take your 11 to one, Tom, and I raise you. Uh, Riders on the Storm, uh, 14 to one. Um, off for a while, with new trainer Richard Hobson, ran a massive race at Aintree in, in, in tough conditions. Um, then went to Cheltenham and was very keen and didn't find much up the hill. But I just wonder whether that tough run at Aintree off the back of a break had taken the edge off him. He's been given time, freshened up. He's down £2 now to a mark of 145 He's a forward-going front runner, which I think will suit this track. He's a good jumper. He's not going to suffer any traffic problems. Um, and it wasn't all that long ago that he was one of our best, our UK best, two-mile, two-and-a-half-mile chasers. Um, I think he's got a great chance at the weights. Uh, the other one I thought was well handicapped, wishing and hoping. I just think this trip's going to be a bit short, but he certainly wanted to have on my radar going into the into the spring over three miles. But for me, rise on the storm at 14-1. to one. Well, we've come to our at the end of our real previews. We always like to have a look at naps and next best. These came in. Good for us last week. So we'll start with Ross um, in that, please, and your next best. So Josh and Gary Moore have done me well so far in the, like, this month. Um, authorised speed runs in the bumper. Um, and I was a huge fan of Henry II and Paul Nichols. I think that's going to be a super horse. And authorised speed got within a length of him at Ascot and then went on to Newbury and absolutely bolted up. Um, I think this is a high-class horse. Uh, the Gary Moore yard do very well with their authorised stock. Um, and he's currently nine to two. I think that's a, a, a good price. And then my next best, I want to take on Paul Nichols this weekend. I think given the 
the form and, and, and the fact they're still scratching around trying to find a solution. They, I think they've been adding supplements because they're worried about the potassium levels in the hay. But interestingly, they took Stage Star out of the uh, Sydney banks, which suggests they don't perhaps feel they've got to the bottom of it yet. Um, so I want to oppose Brave Man's game at odds on. Um, and I think the horse to do that with is Grumpy Charlie. He's a progressive high-class horse. Uh, Brave Man's game has got to give him £19 when you factor in uh, the jockey's £3 claim. Um, he probably would prefer softer ground, but I'm hoping these extra furlongs will, will negate that. Um, and at 11 to 2, uh, I think he'll go close. We'll move on to James and, and Nap and the next best, please. I've kept it simple with the, the race we've previewed. Edward Stone is my Nap. Going back in for the article now, I think you're going to get better odds if he does produce the kind of performance I think he will do. I do like him. I've not been impressed by the Irish uh, last weekend. Blue Lord, as Tom said, scrambled home really with the tail, probably would have beaten him with a better jump at the last. So for me, it's one race the UK might win in the novice chase department and Edward Stone is our chosen contender for me. Um, and Jatois in, in the Betfair hurdle, I've just gone the Kalashnikov route, uh, second in the worth. Slightly smaller yard, unfashionable, 11 to 1. I think it's a cracking each way price with SBK. Brilliant. Thank you for that, for James, for your naps and your next best. That leaves us with Tom ahead of uh, last selections for naps and next bests. Yeah, the guys have both touched on uh, on my nap and next best here. The nap is Edward Stone. I just think he's, he's a cert in that race, basically. I don't like third time lucky off the two-week turnaround. Um, and the other two are front runners as well. So the race should set up for him. And the next best is authorised speed, Ross's nap. Loads of good horses have won this listed bumper. This is the 4.45 at Newbury, I should say. Loads of good horses have won it, including four milers shut the front door and, and definitely red. They won it in the last 10 years. But when it comes to a bumper race, um, I like to look at horses who are bred to win bumpers or have the speed right now to win a bumper. And authorised speed is out there ready to win a bumper. That was the main aim. If you look at the quotes after he won last time at Newbury, the owner said the main aim was to win a bumper this year. And with that in mind, I think he's going to win this listed event. Nice two looks a great price, as Ross said. Authorised speed, getting really into these bumper horses. They're uh, they're a bit of fun when you when you crack them. Um, as and Josh Moore, great to have him back riding winners too. Gary Moore team. Um, there was a I think I think Ryan, Josh, and Jamie all had a winner for him last week. So they're uh, they're in flying form as well. So a lot of support around authorised speed, Edward Stone as well. And um, for myself, um, my nap well. I agree with what Ross was saying about taking on the Paul Nichols horses as, as you know, as much as you don't want to see a trainer struggling. Um, I do think there is issues there. I think Clanders a bow is a horse to oppose in the Denman chase uh, and an old favourite of mine, Royal Pagai, if his Peter Marsh chase win hasn't taken a huge amount out of him because that was a slog and a fight in the end. Um, I do really, really um, admire that horse. And I like that the Venetia Williams team are rolling again ahead of hopefully a crack at uh, the Gold Cup. Um, and uh, he is my my nap um, at 72. And uh, my next best uh, will be our power uh, in the handicap chase that we looked at at Warwick. Um, and as always, we've got an offer this week. Any new customers can deposit £20. And if your qualifying bet is settled as a loss, we will refund your stake in cash up to £20. But we hope there'll be no losses. There are plenty of uh, agreements here, especially with that horse authorised speed. He's the one that I'm taking away from this and a bit of Edward Stone anti-post now for the Arkle. Hopefully we've given you a few insights ahead of another good 
um, weekends racing. We'll be back again next week. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and uh, we will be rejoining you again ahead of more racing this time next week.